I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And welcome to Slugfest slash We Love to Watch. Slugfest, are you ticked yet? Welcome to Slugfest, a special episode, a surprise special episode about the Slugfest. You thought Slugfest was over? You're dead wrong. It's right back in your face. (laughs) You're more dead wrong than Carlton in this movie. Oh, you done did wrong. (laughs) He gets dead once, dead twice, three times a deady. I'm not sure if, uh, if I've forgotten how to do the right Slugfest voice. Or my, uh, it hurts more than I remember, it but I don't think my, I don't think my plan to do it for the entire episode is going to come to fruition, uh, because that was difficult. Yeah, I'm, uh, out of breath mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to sing on our West Side Story episode anymore. Well, that came out five months ago, so I guess we'll see. <laughs> but don't worry, we'll still try to pepper in the Slugfest because we respect you too much as people and as Slugfest listeners. We know what you came for, you sick fucks. <laughs> you sick fucks. We're going a little, we're going a little Alex Jones. Uh, well, you know, it's our helpful Alex Jones, what was it? Uh, helpful Alex Jones Radio Network, <laughs> which just gives good advice. Uh, but yeah, well, hey, welcome to We Love to Watch. Uh, if you never heard us before, fucking get out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll go back and listen to our October 2017 month, uh, where we... We, we normally do theme months, and that month, for example, we did a month full of slug theme movies. And then we started talking like this, and it was really hard to give up, but we eventually let it go. <laughs> One of the movies that we really wanted to do, or I really wanted to do, that I'd seen in high school, was a movie called Ticks. Now, I know what you're saying. Aaron, ticks are not slugs. And let me tell you what this movie proposes. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they are very sluggy in a surprising way. Uh, so I really wanted to do Ticks as part of Slugfest. Unfortunately, much like getting even with Dad before it, uh, it w- and the Apple before that, it was tragically unavailable in any format. Unless we wanted to spend, I think it was like 100 bucks for a VHS. We did not. We did not want to spend 100 And I probably have to pay how much you think of VHS players these days? Like a million dollars? Uh, yeah, carry the zero. Yeah, about a million. When you carry the zero, you mul- you add seven zeros, right? Add seven zeros. Here's the thing. I did buy a, a Please Be Kind Rewind machine, and that was $500,000. So I figure if I have the ability to, I just, that was just for, for nostalgia. Uh, so I figure if I, if I bought something that has the ability to not just rewind, but to play it, uh, to go forward, maybe even fastly, <laughs> in a fast forward situation, that must be at least twice. Mm, yeah, yeah, I would say it would, it, technology has not progressed that much that we can go more than twice the speed. No, uh, and P.S. Uh, I don't, I don't have a house anymore. My family and I live in the Please Be Kind Rewind Machine. <laughs> <laughs> Just called a rewind machine, but I try to be a polite when I say things. 
It's uh, very cost efficient, I would imagine, right? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, we get a toe in there at a time. Uh, my one-year-old can fit her whole foot. It's great. It's not like it snows in Minneapolis. But yeah, so we uh, we really wanted to do ticks. It wasn't available. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I saw that it had been added to Amazon Prime. And who knows for how long? Because again, still completely unavailable in any <laughs> other format. So we had to record a speciepi. We had to bring back the Slugfest. Uh, but uh, we're recording this in April. We're doing another grab bag month in September, which is when you're listening to it now. So hopefully our voices will have recovered. Or else we just sound like this forever. Makes it a pretty unlistenable podcast. But to be honest, it's competing for every other episode of our podcast. Voices or not. Why do we stop doing this? <laughs> Your version reminds me of something very specific, and I want to spend the entire episode trying to think of what it is. <laughs> uh, uh, I know what it is. I know exactly what it's, it what? reminds me of. Uh, so specific that maybe only you'll get, and that's why we're best friends, Peter. And I'm the and I had a great time at your wedding, uh, as the both the bride and the groom, uh, <laughs> and the best uh, man, and the best man. Uh, I gave myself away to me, um, but and you uh, married me, you to me. Uh, do you remember that Wonder Shows in GI Joe parody? Oh yeah, that's probably what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm probably doing a little bit of that. It's like I gotta go get my wine, <laughs> <laughs> sir. Uh, sir, he needs hooch. <laughs> I did tail down in Vietnam. Uh, anyways, that is such a specific reference. But if you haven't watched Wonder Shows, it I do that. It's good. Yeah, it's very good. Um, um, I want to have a real specific note on how we watch this. <clears throat> we watched it on Amazon Prime. Yep, and so uh, to take. I'm going to have a note about this too, probably. To Um, to take a to take a step back. Yeah, let's take a step back. Let's take uh, one 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 tick. When I was was watching uh, American, what are you doing? I said let's take one tick's length back, which is an entire step in this. Yeah, that is an entire step. Well, for the tick, yeah, not the tick ticks. On Amazon, it's a very specific universe where when you watch the movie Ticks, they also advertise the show The Tick to you before you watch the movie. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Since and it's super specific create... targeting. It's not like – because one is a superhero show and one is a, a movie about ticks. Horror, horrifying ticks. And so uh, apparently the targeting on that works like this. They like bugs. Yeah, that's like not slugs. even – that's not even an algorithm. That's just uh, one plus one equals two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they're watching a movie that has a f- uh, most of the letters in the same order as our television show, I'd say advertise to them. Yeah, that's, there's no extrapolation needed there, right? No. Uh, yeah, so this, this is a movie, uh, to set the stage, this is a movie called Tex. Uh, I thought it came out in the 80s. It did not. It came out in 1993. I thought it was a theatrical release. It it was not. It was straight to video. Uh, it uh, it it had a budget of a million dollars, and who knows what it made. I can tell you, I rented it in high school for 99 cents. Um, here's what else is crazy about the Amazon version. Uh, it's remastered. It's definitely HD, and I am almost 90 percent sure. Again. How could I even possibly fucking look this up if my life depended on it? Because I can't. So I, I can't say this for sure, but I'm pretty sure it um, it has like the, the Simpsons Seinfeld Hulu treatment where they have uh, letterboxed a, a full screen movie 
uh, so that the tops and the bottom of the picture are slightly cut off to accommodate for a widescreen uh, TV. I can't I can't say that for sure because I I mean the one that I watched in 1999 or 2000 was definitely I watched on a full frame TV, but it feels like the tops and bottoms of the frames are slightly off, and I don't know if that's because the director was bad. Although the director did make Hellraiser 2 Hellbound, which is the best Hellraiser movie. Or if some lunatic both remastered this in HD and cropped out a widescreen version of it. Who's to say? But it's fucking crazy. It's weirdly watchable. Um, there's some weird artifacting and glitching going on. But yeah. Other, but, but, you know, when you're watching something that's on Amazon Prime that should not exist, y- no. you forgive it. Yeah. So, well, and this has very specific, this has VHS, like, skipping artifacting. But again, so I, uh, do you remember when One Cut from the Dead was like ended up on Amazon Prime for a week on yeah. accident? People freaked out and they, they released all these articles about how actually easy it was to upload stuff to Amazon Prime depending on what your account status was. So I, this is just a conspiracy theory I'm throwing out there. I have no evidence to back it up, but I'm pretty sure some person took a VHS copy of this, remastered it in HD and put it on Amazon Prime. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes sense because it is definitely an HD, but but the artifacting you're mentioning, Peter, is a hundred percent VHS like skips film turning neon and lines through it for a second. Also yeah. in HD. That might be why it's there. That's a really good point. And it's also such a specific weird movie that like mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure no one cares. Like I don't care if Seth Green had a per- a point percentage on this movie. Like he still would be like, eh, I'll leave it on Amazon. Yeah, Seth Green makes a lot of sense being in this movie. Alfonso uh, Ribeira, a little less. It's three years into Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, you got you to make your jump to the big screen somehow. The person who I felt the sad... Who's the person you felt the saddest? Well, this was not on the big screen, once again. Um, yeah. <laughs> you got to stay on the same size screen while you can. Do you think it was... Sh- I mean, I imagine it was shot for... A, a major release and then they ended up on vhs right well, here's the thing there's no information whatsoever <laughs> so i have no idea i couldn't find anything about this fucking movie existing except for like some interviewer bringing up to seth green and then them immediately talking about something else if my presupposition that this was released in the 80s was right i would say it has a chance that it was meant to be a theatrical release at one point I feel like 1993, where there was a pretty strong straight-to-video market, especially for for cheap horror, man, it feels like this was like always kind of planned or thought of that it would go to 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 uh, straight to straight to DVD or, or VHS, and especially because Brian they just didn't to- tell Anthony Rivera, aka Carlton. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll tell you who I felt the saddest for, uh, which is Peter Scolari. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So Peter Scolari was uh, the other half to Tom Hanks in Bosom Buddies. Uh, and, you know, it's been a long time joke that their careers took a took a little bit of a divergence in paths. There's a little fork in the row of their level of fame. But uh, 1990, this coming out in 1993 feels particularly insulting to Peter Scolari. Because in 1993, Peter Scolari had ticks. And Tom Hanks had Philadelphia and Sleepless in Seattle. God. So that was when Tom Hanks was conquering the entire world. Like, he's in one of the biggest movies of the year with Sleepless in Seattle. 
and gets a, his first Oscar nomination for Philadelphia. And Peter Scolari has a not like a is the fourth build lead in ticks. And this is post Newhart. I mean, he's Peter Scolari ended up doing some movies with Tom Hanks that is kind of makes you feel like Tom Hanks. Sweet. Him and they've bone. always. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he had some TV stuff, but like just seeing like this exact year feels like a little rough. I'm. I'm I don't know. I'm sure Peter Scolari was very happy for his old friend, and not everyone has. Most people don't have a Tom Hanks career, but I, I, I'm willing to to bet there was a day where Peter Scolari was like, "Fuck." <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure um, if Bosom Buddies hadn't come out exactly when it came out, uh, people would not think so kindly of Tom Hanks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, uh, you notice there's not a lot of, like, remasterings of that one. You don't see that one on Hulu a lot. <laughs> um, no, that, that, that's like a, uh, you pay $3 at Cracker Barrel and you can get the whole season. So, yeah, so we're, so I really wanted to do ticks, and we're just gonna get right into it. We're gonna, we're gonna suck deep down and get out all the blood. And then, and then also get some drugs. <laughs> blood drugs. Blood drugs. I, I will say this, if, if... You're looking for a movie where Clint Howard yells, I'm infested! And then a tick bursts out of his head. Uh, a tick the size of his head bursts out of his head. It's good size. Good size to burst. If it's any smaller, you don't know why it's bursting out. It's yeah, you wouldn't even notice. It just looked like a pimple popped. But instead, it's a face-sized tick. So if that's what you want to see out of a movie, good fucking luck finding another one that meets that a specific definition, except, of course, a few deleted scenes from Apollo 13. But besides that, this is really what you're going to have to watch. Uh, yeah, Clint Howard is in this fucking movie, and uh, Clint Howard is a bit of a uh, a cinematic hero to the world. He He's one of those dudes who, when he, whenever he shows up, you're like, I don't give a shit how good this movie is. I just want to see this weirdo writhe around and freak out and yell at people. Yeah, or you're like, oh, did Ron Howard direct this? <laughs> and I don't mean that to insult the dude. He's very he's fun in every in Ron Howard much everything movie. he's in. Yeah, it's not insulting. That's just facts. Yeah, I don't mean to insult him. I'm just saying he's a weird dude, and he lends his weird energy as an act of charity to these 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 B movies. That just it helps you know they're they're they were taking things seriously. They at least wanted to reach out to to Ron Howard or to Clint Howard. <laughs> Yeah, so I so I watched the, the reason I pushed this, and we'll get into the movie pretty quick. We're not going to do a full two hour episode on ticks. Uh, we'll do a good hour fifty five. Uh, so I uh, I was not a big horror fan in high school, but I liked comedy horror. Like I liked Evil Dead Two, uh, like that kind of over the top. I've I've spoken about this many times on this show, but the too long didn't read version is that um, I I didn't take horror seriously, and then I'm like oh. Horror that's really goofy and over the top, I like because it knows that horror is a stupid genre for the most part. That was a crazily incorrect. And obviously, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that at some point my life was turned around by horror. And we talked about which movie that was. Anyway, so I, I, so I liked the idea of like goofy over the top horror movie. And like a lot of people our age, uh, I was a huge fan of Mystery Science Theater 2000. So uh, I didn't drink in high school. But my parents were going to be out of town for a night. So I had this idea to rent the shittiest looking um, horror movie I could find. And I was going to have some friends sleep over. 
like both guys and girls, like a kind of a non-drinking dumb high school party. And I was like, we're going to watch a shitty horror movie and we're going to mystery science theater 3000, which always a terrible idea. Uh, doesn't work in real life. You're not as funny as them. You didn't spend long uh, preparing. And I think we started it at two in the morning and I was the only one that finished it because everyone else fell asleep. It wasn't a good movie and no one had the energy or the comedy wits or whatever to, to mystery science theater 3000 it. But I remember being oddly like, huh, well, that was certainly was something I've never seen before. Uh, and it's kind of stayed with me for 20 years to the point that, like I said, when we were doing Slugfest, uh, doing Slugfest, I was like, holy shit, we got to do ticks. It's definitely a movie that is unique. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> it's it's way grotier and grosser than it should be. And it's, it's not so just, gross. And it's not just relying on one or two gags, which you would expect for the budget and how small it is. It doesn't really make sense at all that anybody would put the amount of effort that they put into this movie, but everyone seems to be trying, and it's a fucking weird movie as a result, because there's no yeah. there's no sort of, like, lackadaisical Mystery Science Theater 3000, like, you know, half these people in this movie seem asleep kind of quality. Yeah. Um, it's pretty crazy throughout. It's cra- it, it starts crazy. There is no buildup. It starts crazy. It continues to get crazy. The ending, unsurprisingly, Peter, has stayed with me more than anything else in this movie. Um, we'll, we'll get there. But once you've seen it, uh, I don't think it's going to leave your head. So, yeah, this weird, like, I feel like a lot of people have these movies that are like these straight to video or barely released movies that, like, don't have a Wikipedia entry except letting you know it exists. That never made its like leap from from VHS to DVD. Even I remember there was an article about how we're like losing our cinematic past, especially around movies like this. Um, in that something like I think it was like something like a third or forty percent of all movies, or maybe it's higher, never made the leap to DVD. And then there's something like seventy or eighty percent of all movies never made the leap to Blu-ray. And this is just one of those probably forgotten movies that there's a hundred more of like uh like what future sport was another example for me that we did on the show where they either saw them or they they had a video case that stayed with me when you got to just go browse through video stores they're the type of movies that don't have a market and don't exist anymore and they're not getting upgraded for the most part to dvd or streaming surfaces um, or at least with the consistency as uh, more mainstream movies, and so yeah, like these mo- like it's fun to do our first straight to video movie, and there's probably so many of more of these that exist that we just don't really have access to anymore. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. and and the fact that occasionally they pop up on YouTube or on Amazon Prime, or we get certain labels re-releasing them, is not. Uh, often enough because it's often uh, you know a fleeting thing that's on YouTube until some rights owner says like hey you can't do that and then it gets slapped down um, and then to never be released at that point uh, or the, the company uh, that makes it is making it for a cult audience and so they release 5,000 blu-rays and then that's it yeah it's like so they're technically out there but like there's not like a centralized digital uh, library of a lot of these classics there are so many movies that get left by the wayside and this is one that i'm really glad that you made me watch because it's so much odder and like all this would be is like you know 20 years from now a horror fan would find 
Hellraiser 2 and be like, what the hell did Tony Randall do? Go back, see Ticks, and then discover there was zero way for him to watch it, him or her to watch it. Yeah, we should say Tony Randall. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Randall. Uh, I don't know if that's, I should, I said, I promised you, Peter, I was going to work on my Tony Randall impression because the director of The Tick is, you cannot argue with this, Tony Randall. And then I forgot to do it. I should have really alienated everyone I work with and just been like, it's time to get a drink. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to get a tick. I think I think I'm doing Tony Randall doing Cary Grant in Some Like It Hot, but also doing it terribly. So, uh, yeah, parse that impression, Nazis. <laughs> how how did his career end up here? Like, and I don't mean that as an insult. Again, every time I talk about uh, how baffling this movie is, it sounds like I'm insulting them. Not insulting Tony Randall. Not insulting. Dude, hold on. Hold on. How the fuck you, did he end up here? Hold on. You know, it's a different Tony Randall, right? Same guy. Okay, I'm just, I want to be clear. It's spelled differently. It is not the actor from Some Like It Hot who directed No, it's the same guy. Okay. Uh, Peter, you doing okay? No. Okay. Yeah, I no, like same guy. Shambles. Tony Randall. Um, now, this is going to be really hard for the listeners to hear that because at this point, you're a, a newlywed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not good out there. Put the ring Don't on the wrong finger. Mistake. His toe. <laughs> yeah, I was wearing, I was, I was wearing sandals. Oh, you gotta wear the flippy floppies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What if you need to kick them off and catch some waves? (laughs) Yeah, I wore a cutoff suit. uh, Both uh, top and bottom cutoff. Why do you think I kept yelling surfs up during your your vows? (laughs) (laughs) It's because the surfs up. You wanted to inform me that I needed to go get some surfs. Oh, looks like someone's going to have a high tide tonight was another classic one-liner I uh, ruined the wedding with. Yeah, did you know that that Some Like It Hot, um, the last act takes place in San Diego at the Hotel Del Coronado? I didn't know that, Peter. (laughs) Now I'm doing a bad Peter Graves impression. Yeah. It's all from the same thing. And also Peter Graves fought giant grasshoppers. Tony Randall from Some Like It Hot fought giant ticks. Poetry, it's like, it rhymes. They were trying to warn us against the, the bugs. Yeah, so this is a so let blah, 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 let's talk more about ticks. Music break, music break, music break. Ticks are parasites, creepy and small. Scourge of the Northwood, spring through fall. Your step is light, you never know they're there. Till they pitch a tent in your underwear. Look at that moon, it's a beautiful sight. Don't share your body with a parasite Let's get naked, it's a safe thing to do You check me, I'll check you For wood ticks We're back (laughs) (laughs) Um, Forget about alternate taglines I don't know, what if a fucking giant tick bites you We'll we'll talk about the plot in a second Oh, I got one Okay, go Ribeiro for your pleasure Uh, it's great Thanks (laughs) Man, things are just, they haven't been going well for you since you got married. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, so, uh, so a lot of people made giant bug movies, right? Spiders, scorpions, aforementioned grasshoppers, ants. Very popular. Um, but I don't know, probably butterfly, the moth. There's a whole mothra. He fights other giant things. 
I think every insect has been giantized. Except for one. Uh, up until 1993. Because I think people instec- instinctively realized that ticks, on the whole, are gross as shit. Yeah. Like, they're not fun. They're not fun scary. They're They're literally revolting. And revolting doesn't always make for a good, fun creature feature. Because, as we all know from science school, they burrow into your skin and suck blood. And then they inflate like a fucking blood balloon to a like, size that... And by then, that's usually when you can see them is when they're big enough. They're full enough of your blood that they're suddenly visible. Ticks are one of the few things that I am not scared of, per se, but I am disgusted by to the point that, like, when occasionally will happen with dogs, there's, like, we find a tick on the dog. I am, like a cartoon caricature in a old cartoon when there's a mouse present. Like I am like, get it out of the house, get it out of the house. Like, I don't want to touch the dog till it's off. And I am, uh, I'm, I'm not scared of, you know, uh, spiders. I'm not scared of insects in general. I don't like them crawling on me. I'm not like a, one of those people. It's like, let's pick this up and show you about science. Like, they, they kind of feel gross on you. But I'm not, like, there is something so about So you're not that weird that, lady with uh, with uh, overalls that would come to the school and bring, like, a snake? Uh, <laughs> be like, you want to know what a snake feels like? And then hey, you touch feel a snake, snake and you're like, kid. pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, but I'm not, like, I'm not scared of those things. And I feel like even, like, ticks I'm not scared of. I just, like, the concept of it is so disgusting and disturbing to me. And I've actually never had one on me. I've never had a tick attached to me. I have caught one crawling on me once that I, like, flicked off. But I get destroyed by mosquitoes, have never had a tick on me. But again, revolting. So, like, making a movie about giant versions of those sounds pretty fucking gross. Uh, and they did, Peter. And I feel like, I'll say this, they were they didn't try to ungrossify it. They were like, no, ticks are gross. Uh, if there were giant ones, that would be fucking super gross. <laughs> it's almost like they're it's almost like they're trying to pitch you on the idea that ticks are gross. Like they really lean into it. It doesn't rely at all on what normally makes ticks ticks gross, which is the fact that like you don't even notice them, and then you like look under your arm or something, and then oh, bag of blood. <laughs> and yeah. then they cling in and like you have to like usually burn them like off, burn them off otherwise, or, yeah. otherwise they leave legs in you and if they leave the legs in you they can sometimes like irritate the skin and cause a little infection like yeah and they can bring lyme disease too so like they'll they're, they're not yeah. just stealing your blood they're like leaving behind shit too yeah it's all garbage town like all of that is just it's not just that they you you don't always feel them they attach to you they fill up it's that they're hard as shit to get off and like you can't even stomp on them like everything about him just seems like a fucking Lovecraftian nightmare that I don't want. I don't want around me. And this movie leaned into it. It's like, no, it's you're like, we're right, though. It is like the writer and director of this film had an argument with a friend who didn't think ticks were gross. And he walked away going, I'm going to fucking show him ticks. They tick me off. I'm going to make oh. sure they tick him off, too. Oh, you don't think you don't think ticks have something to, to gross you out with? What if I make them really fucking big and sluggy? <laughs> they are sluggy. I'll give They're you so that. Slug. So do you do you see, like, I bet, I bet, Peter, you sat back in your ivory tower when I suggested <laughs> ticks for slugfest. And I bet you were like, this fucking idiot. 
doesn't even know the difference between a slug and a tick. I was actually well, going to come on here and just and just do an entire taxonomy on bugs for you. <laughs> What's the deal <laughs> with Aaron not knowing what a slug is? But do you, now that you've seen the movie, can you at least admit I was right I about mean, how sluggy this movie is? The movie is sluggy. The ticks in this movie are sluggy. However, ticks are not really sluggy. But, so think about this. I won't, but continue. <laughs> You know how sometimes they'll they'll have some sort of like music festival, they'll call it like a rock fest. Yeah. And then every once in a while, like Jay Z is performing at Rock Fest. It's like <laughs> Are you saying like, ticks are the Jay Z of uh I'm saying, movies? I'm saying that that while technically not under the slug banner, much mm-hmm. like Jay Z's a particular genre of music is not under a, a rock type banner. At the end of the day, the thing that people are judging it by is how enjoyable the music is. And I think at Slugfest, people are judging it by how uh, gross and slimy and sluggy things are. So here's my question, because uh, this analogy is just so flexible. So we all know Jay-Z teamed up with Linkin Park, and it sort of uh, shored up his rock bona fides. I did know that, but now that I'm reminded by it, I couldn't help but think you must be wrong. <laughs> but, but as I'm going through my head, I remember that that is a thing that happened. It is a thing. The Grey album happened, uh, I think, as a side project. I don't think that had much much or anything to do with Jay-Z himself. The Linkin Park Jay-Z album was a real thing. <laughs> if I remember um, correctly, it was a response to the Grey album where he didn't like that but liked the idea of mashing up his music but not like in an unlicensed fashion. So he went from, oh, I sound pretty good with the Beatles there. That's good. Uh, who's equivalent to the Beatles that I can make money off of? Oh, I know. Linkin Park. <laughs> like the most ill-conceived pairing. And guess what? The album is kind of okay. Um, yeah, because uh, Jay-Z's on it. He's yeah, because Jay-Z's on it. He's <laughs> in the Linkin Park. Yeah. Um, so here's my question. Yeah. If Tix had to team up with another uh, an on-screen slug to shore up its slug bona fides yeah which slugs would they team up with worms oh yeah you got tick worms <laughs> ticky worms oh no not ticky worms you'd be lucky if you got ticky worms you got tick worms uh <laughs> so these ticks these team up with these worms does that mean the whole worm fills with blood? Oh, it doesn't. It gets like it's like a it's like a, one of those fucking long balloons they make balloon animals out of, just filling up slowly. Oh no! Oh no! I hate it. You don't even want a worm tick. That's like the metal music machine. If we're still extending the metaphor, <laughs> they tried so hard and they come so far, but in the end, they're still just slugs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're still slugs. So, anyways, ticks equal slugs. Teach your children. <laughs> Teach them like this. Be like, sit down. <laughs> sit down, kids. Today sit you gotta down, learn kids. one thing. I've drawn two things on the board and I have a pointer in my hand. Ticks equal slugs. <laughs> uh, Dad, um, at school, they said that actually they're from different, uh, species of insect. Great news, Billy. You're getting homeschooled now. <laughs> Teach the controversy. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to go to a parent-teacher conference someday and be like, uh, I'm a little concerned what my kid is learning in school. I'd, I'd appreciate if you taught the, the controversy. <laughs> uh, what controversy, sir? Ev- no, evolution? We're, we're actually not even getting into that second grade. Ticks equal slugs. 
teach him. <laughs> teach him is, teach the controversy. Is this a bit? You're li- <laughs> I can't wait for a PTA meeting where someone just turns to you and says, is this a bit? <laughs> yeah, it's bits? a great bit. Are you doing bits at the PTA meeting? <laughs> oh, I do yeah, it's pretty sometime. funny, right? <laughs> I, uh, I really love my kid. I'm going to have a hard time uh, switching into parent-teacher conference where I'm the parent in it. I don't know if I'm going to take it as seriously as I think they want me to. Maybe that'll change once I have one because I haven't got to that age yet. But, like, I still think a parent-teacher conference is, like, either a scary thing or a thing that I didn't have to go to school for. And so the idea of, like, oh, <laughs> I gotta go talk to the teacher about how my kid is learning. Uh, I assume it switches at some point. But then again, I always oh, assume yeah, you're at some gonna, point you're gonna I would be in be a like, PTA conference three years from now being, like, we don't allow Bratz dolls in our house. And at school, some little asshole gave my daughter a Bratz licensed pen to take her test with. How am I supposed to explain to her that, that human skulls don't get that big? Um, I don't like that it ends with a Z because while that's ironically funny, I think the Brat dolls are using it sincerely to be cool. And I find that very, very disturbing. <laughs> They certainly are brats. They show no respect for the rules of grammar. <laughs> Can someone call brats headquarters and find out if they mean the Z ironically? Because if not, I would like them banned from my child's <laughs> class. <laughs> um, you call in and you find out that they are legitimately so 90s toxified that they, they think that the word brats ends with a Z. Uh, my daughter came home requesting surge. Uh, after playing with brat stalls all day, and I don't know how to tell her this, but it's out of print. So if you guys could call Coke and get a surge machine installed like there was at my <laughs> high school, that would be helpful for everyone, I think. Uh, Aaron, we're, we're Mr. Armstrong, actually. We, um, we, we understand your concerns. Um, we, we hear them out, but, um, we cannot, we cannot get a surge machine um in every classroom i'm sorry how about most (laughs) (laughs) we'll see what we can do next summer we're um supplying wheelies for all the children and i think if there's money left over in the budget we can we can surge it up big time you bitch Uh, my uh my daughter came home uh she had brought some ninja turtles toys to school and some other kids made fun of her uh and the problem is they were my ninja turtles toys <laughs> from when i was a kid so i actually feel pretty hurt by it more than um could i get an apology from uh the megans uh the, what they said was pretty mean uh michael bay's recent reboot of the ninja turtle series made a lot of money kind of surprised they're not still popular with kids <laughs> i had to sit through that michael bay uh tmnt reboot and I thought that that would keep me relevant for years, but apparently it's not. The second one's actually pretty good if you haven't seen it. It's like they made a live-action version of the old cartoon show. Um, <laughs> the dialogue's at par, but it's actually kind of a good time. If you could uh, show that the next time you have to show a movie in your class, I think uh, at that point you can work backwards to the earlier ones, sir. Mr. Armstrong, it, it is 1 a.m. This PTA meeting was supposed to end at 10 Sir, this is a Wendy's. I'm <laughs> off duty. <laughs> I'm not at the. I'm not a parent right now at the parent council or the teachers <laughs> association. I'm just working my Wendy's job. But I do have 
solid recommendations for your child. Yeah, but yeah. I also have some ideas on the best way to, to backdoor your kid into watching uh, old Ninja Turtles cartoons. <laughs> uh, I'm going to recommend to your child that she run away. Okay, well that's a pretty cool thing to do, and I'm all about my kid being cool. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live with their dad. They didn't need to run away from home because they already lived in the garbage. (laughs) (laughs) They already had the runaway from home lifestyle. Uh, Speaking of garbage, uh, slugs probably like them. And we brought it back. So, uh, the plot of this movie. If the garbage is behind uh, a blood donation clinic. Which in this case, I bet there is a lot of garbage behind the clinic they go to in this movie. You want to hear some garbage? How this movie blames weed farmers? Before weed farmers were a thing. This is before weed was invented. Legally. Yeah. Yeah. It was invented the day I moved to California and I <laughs> discovered it. Uh, yeah. Uh, but what what do they call them? Weed farmers that are using genetically modified uh, stuff on their crops to grow better weed. Uh, and bad news, guys. Drugs make ticks bigger so just remember when you're smoking that doobie getting high with your friends you're making fist and head size ticks but that's better than if you do steroids because then you're making people size ticks i really wish they would have went further with the drug stuff and like everyone does different drugs and you get different ticks they're like the gremlins too of ticks i was thinking it was like a fucking prometheus and alien covenant where like depending on what the alien is the face hugger is mixed with makes out a different thing and and, like it reminds me of the faculty also like where the faculty is all about like all the drugs the kids are doing doesn't like cocaine kill yeah and some people are like i haven't seen the faculty in a long time but aren't some people immune that are taking like certain kind of drugs that's why Mm -hmm. all the teachers get affected first is that right? Yeah, all the teachers get affected. Infected? John Stewart. Yeah. But anyway, all this is getting cut out. So, we'll talk about the slugs in this movie. So what happens is Seth Green, uh, uh, one time his dad got drunk and left him camping, and I'm not trying to laugh, but uh, the depiction of it is very humorous, because he, as a child, he spent a long time hugging a tree, alone for two days, just hugging <laughs> that tree. And so, now in high school, his dad's like, you're still fucked up from that? Pretty crappy. And so he says, why don't you go to camp with some other kids to stop being scared of that time? I totally fucked up, fucked you up permanently. <laughs> can, we, can we pause here real quickly? Let's let's pause on the tree. He, he fucking, not, you have no idea what's happening at the beginning of this movie. No. His dad just kicks him out of the truck and says, this will be good for you. He is under a bridge. He has bags. You assume his dad is literally kicking him on the street. Yeah. And then uh, Anthony Ribeiro, uh, or sorry, Alfonso Ribeiro uh, comes out, threatens his life with a knife. But jokingly, we find out. Makes him do basketball shots. Yeah. For his life. Yeah. And then uh, then you're like, oh. The concrete wall. And then Seth Green is just like not afraid of him, even though he looks like Seth Green and like. Yeah, Seth Green was cast against type for this. Yeah, uh, here's the other thing that gets really weird is that so he has these PTSD flashbacks to scary moments. Uh, then randomly, other characters have those to scary moments that have under no circumstances been established by the film, and you're like, oh, okay. So I'm not sure if his PTSD is supposed to be contagious. Uh, not sure. Anyways, oh, I think the ticks give you paranoia. Yeah, but they have, like, the same visions that he has of, like, things that aren't happening. 
They never say that the ticks give people paranoia. They do. People start freaking out as soon as they get bit. Yeah, but they're having like the same PTSD flashbacks that he is. I don't. There's no point in dissecting that. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, so you just assume his dad dropped him off in the inner city to be murdered. Uh, yeah, and then eventually a truck shows up, and you're like, and and it's all troubled kids, or like, in- including th- Anthony Ribeiro, aka yeah. Panic. You know why he's called Panic? Because uh, there was a disco nearby. <laughs> Boom. Uh, it's because he never does. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's uh, why my nickname in high school was Sex. But he brought recreational steroid shots, which we can call uh, Chekhov steroids. You just oh. screamed right past my joke there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Do you want to sit on it? No, we don't need to. I thought we were. I thought we were doing like a back and I, forth. I thought you were going to make fun of me more. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> sorry. Um, so, anyways. Uh, yeah, so they're, they're trouble teens, but, like, unclear what kind of trouble teens, because, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, what, like, apparently, like, wh- there's a trust fund girl who's dating a bad boy, they're going to camp. There's a, there's someone who just needs to get over his fear of trees in the wilderness. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, know, definitely a troubled kid. Yeah, so Peter Scolari's the head of this, um, and then someone else who's in it for two minutes. And they, like, just go to a cabin in the woods. Meanwhile, we've seen uh, Clint Howard, who is growing marijuana, and we've seen some weird, uh, just giant circular slugs uh, growing, and they fall from the ceiling. And you're like, that's weird. Uh, And then pretty soon he... um, Actually, before that, so they're at the camp. There is no buildup in this movie. They're at the camp. They're walking around. There's a girl that Seth Green has a crush on who's the daughter of Peter Scolari. Um, Which they established the second they open the van door. It's like, here's my daughter. It's like love at first sight, but 90s style. Yeah. (laughs) But like a cool, edgy 90s style. Yeah. Like they barely look at each other and she's wearing overalls and you're like, that's love at first sight for Gen X. Yeah. Uh, There's definitely no rain here. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Um, you'd have to be a blind melon not to see they like each other. Um, <laughs> pretty good. More '90s jokes. Yeah. Uh, so smells they like teen spirit to me. It's all. Oh, 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 oh. uh, tomorrow we can uh, drive around this block, but right now uh, we're walking in a forest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, jealousy! I took a sip. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, we're gonna make more '90s references, or their love was ever clear. Ooh, now it's mid '90s. Yeah, Uh, father of mine said I need to get over a fear of trees. (laughs) Um, When she falls over for a little bit, he calls her his mud honey. My daddy gave me a tree. Then he walked away. Look it up. These are all real 90s songs. So anyways, so literally they get to the camp. They go on a walk and she's like, something's on my back. And it's a fucking tick the size of her back. There is no buildup for the ticks. It's just a giant tick. And like he like scoots it off her. And then they're like, they see it scurry away like the size of a small dog. Yeah. And they go back to the camp and are like, Peter Scurry. 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 Yeah. They go back and they're like, hey. Oh, I see what you're doing now. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to say it's not successful, uh, but uh, not a slam dunk. Uh, uh, slam dunk the funk and put it up. If you get that feeling. Is that also a 90s song? 
Or is that yeah. just words you said? I think it's from a Disney Channel original movie. It barely counts. Can we keep going? Yeah, let's keep going. So they're like, hey, kind of weird. We saw a giant tick. And Peter Scolari is like, no, you didn't. And then they're like, oh, okay. I guess we didn't. Stupid <laughs> adults. Like, that's really what happens. You flash back to Clint Howard, who all of a sudden has had a tick that is hatched and then burrowed into his leg. They burrow into you alien style. And it is coming out of his leg after he comes to, and he shoots his leg with a shotgun a couple times. It's uh, rad. And it's so good. And he, like, passes out. So then they're, like, they find the dog. Back in the camp, they find the dog, whose belly has descended and is spurting out blood while it's shaking. And they're, like, what's wrong, boy? <laughs> um, and, of course, what's wrong is that a tick has burrowed itself into the dog's tummy. Uh, they take it to the vet. And the vet's like, this is weird. Uh, they try to inject the stomach and like it starts pushing the injection into it. And then a tick comes out and everyone's like, holy shit, a giant tick burst out of this dog's stomach. Uh, they step on it and kill it. The doctor's actually pretty cool about it. Uh, they're like, we got to go back uh, and save everyone. And meanwhile, Alfonso uh, Rivera has ran away. P.S. He brought recreational steroids to so just know he has them for fun. You know, when <laughs> people popping get off. Yeah, like, who gets, who uses, like, steroids as a party drug? I'm going to get some regrets off! Um, I'm going to be very angry tonight and maybe a little more muscular in a few days. I'm going to bring down some swelling! <laughs> um, anyway, Jesus Christ, so they get back, uh, and then there's a fire in the forest that's started by the pot farmers who fucking find Clint Howard dead, and another girl finds Clint Howard from the camp, and that's when he's like, I'm infested! And a tick I'm pops infested. out of his head. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, a tick pops out of his head. She runs away. And everyone's like, whole, everyone at the same time is like, we gotta get out of here. There's giant ticks. Meanwhile, there's a fire started by the pot uh, smokers that take, that's heading towards the camera. So literally hundreds of thousands of giant ticks start coming towards uh, the, the, the cabin where they lock themselves up. Meanwhile, Alfonso Rivera gets eaten by ticks and no, he doesn't get eaten by ticks. Uh, the the people, the the rednecks, the other pot farmers, uh, farmers find him and shoot him in the shotgun. In the Secret killbillies entry too. Secret killbillies. They shoot him twice with shotguns, and like his body explodes like a video game character that gets hit with two close range shotgun blasts before he dies. Injects himself with all the steroids, which gives him the strength to stay alive. And walk back to the cabin. So anyways, they're under a tick attack. The rednecks show up tick there. Attack. And then eventually they, they, you know, the ticks are doing gross shit. Uh, but finally, Afonso Rivera gives there. They're like, what happened? He's like, I don't feel so good, man. Uh, and his body explodes with a tick the size of him. Like literally like a werewolf transformation. Like a fucking, his arm explodes and a tick arm is there. So now they got this giant tick to deal with. Uh, they jump out of the house. I think the fire takes everyone, and they some of them escape. That's how I remember it. <laughs> uh, was yeah, there anything else that happened? Like, I think it just ends. Um, yeah, your body is a tick land. Literally. The we're getting, we're getting body. closer to the modern era. I'm sorry. So, uh, so that's the end of the movie. They drive away from the house, and I guess the ticks are going to do something else, because that was crazy. Uh I I want to I want to highlight before we get into it a little bit more the first credit that pops up after this movie's over 
based on the movie's content and then the immediate first credit, it is my favorite credit of all time. So what scrolls across the screen first? Based on an idea by Doug Bradley. (laughs) What a pish. Doug Bradley was probably like uh, sitting around on set, super uncomfortable in his fucking pinhead makeup. And he's just like, he's just sitting around, and he's just like, you know, be you know, you know, be really spooky, bunch of fucking ticks. Yeah. So yeah, because so the director of this shot Hellraiser two. Obviously, how this movie came to be is that at one point on the set, Doug Bradley was like, "Hey, I got a tick on me. Be super scary if it was bigger than that." <laughs> what else is the idea here? Yeah, that's was it. There an interv- it was on set. Was uh, was Tony Randall like? Was he like, "You're a pretty scary guy, Doug. What scares that- you?" And he's like, "Don't offend a bugs." Yeah, ticks but bigger. Ticks they make bigger ticks. What if yeah. this? What if this makes the size of like a pea look like this size of a basketball? Oh my god! He's like, make sure you credit me. My idea. What? What about spiders, Doug? Do you? Do you, you think there's actually a writer's guild of America rule that that says you have to credit who came up with the idea? Is is this the only idea credit in movie history? I, I mean, it happens all the time with, like, direct the, the director will come up with – I think this happens with James Cameron a few times where it's, like, the, he will come up with the idea and then they'll hire someone to actually write the script. Yeah, st- or story by. Yeah, story by is very often a version of this. It's essentially a fancy version of, like, you know, I broke I, – I pitched the story. I broke the story beats. But, like, you're the guy that's making rewrites. You're the guy that's writing actual, like, dialogue. You're the guy that, like – the script writer is actually doing all, like, yeah. the – the, the, the nitty gritty labor and, you know, let's say they have to cut a scene because it, it's not working. The scriptwriter has to come in and fix shit on the set day. Yep. Like, whereas the the direct, the guy who does story by very often is like worrying about something else or isn't even involved in the movie at all. Yeah. So you're saying that all Doug Bradley had to do to really up his credit game was instead of going, hey, what if ticks were bigger? If he wrote that on a piece of paper and handed <laughs> it to Tony Randall. And now that's a story by credit. But he didn't write it down. So he only can get an idea by credit at most. Is Yeah. You have to wonder if it was him uh, him avoiding getting sued by, like, throwing a little chunk of change his way. Or if he was like, he's like, my friend Dougie gave me a great idea. Just bang up. Do you want to know a world of unbelievable pain if you don't give me an idea by credit or open this box? <laughs> now, I know you're thinking, kind of sounds like a Slugfest voice. Tricked you out to Hellraiser voice. When you have seven voices, sometimes they just kind of... <laughs> they just would, you like to, would you like to have a pizza pie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me hear your Hulk Hogan. It's a me, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just not right. I can't hand. I can't abide it's that. It's a. It's a me, Hulk Hogan. Oh, <laughs> uh, we were probably really close to Hulk Hogan playing Mario. Are you Gawker? <laughs> I was reading a whole breakdown of the Hulk Hogan sex tape because I didn't actually want to watch it, but I wanted to know what the deal was with it, and it was weird. 
essentially uh, it was like it was like his buddy was wanted him to have sex with his wife and his buddy was like filming it and maybe his buddy leaked it and maybe he leaked it for money to tell gawker like it got fucking weird really quickly i never dug into it but that is disturbing and i'm glad i didn't because it'd be weird if there's somewhere on film goes no problem brother let me just stick my dick in your wife <laughs> <laughs> Anything, not- anything for a fellow Hulkamaniac. <laughs> Hold my bandana, brother. I need her to see the full forehead. So you want me to do the basically that shirt rip thing I was pretty famous for, but do it with my pants? <laughs> I was in suburban commando. <laughs> Which is why I just need to rip my pants. <laughs> oh, Christopher Lloyd was second build. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm having some money problems right now. Do you mind if I don't rip my pants? <laughs> Do you have an extra pair of pants of yours I can rip? <laughs> For budgetary so, reasons. Two questions. Do you mind if I have sex with your wife? And can I have some pants? I'm going to eat the pants before having sex with your wife, and then a, a second pair of pants after I rip them so I can get home. Do you have any old pants? I'm not going to come here and have sex with your wife <laughs> if, if you're not going to give me a few pairs of old pants you have lying around. <laughs> no wonder he didn't want that leaking, man. That sounds embarrassing. To go to someone's person's house, demand as many old pair of pants as he can carry out and have sex with his wife? <laughs> I'm going <gonna> need... <laughs> to need you to do me a solid here, brother. This voice is hurting my throat. Don't give me all these pants if you don't have matching shirts to go with them. <laughs> Please donate to the We Love to Watch Patreon to get me tea with honey. Yeah, well, we can make this a, uh, if you buy us tea, we'll do more slugfest. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, yeah, so this movie's crazy. Also, the first, the, the title comes on, it's like whatever blah 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 logo that produced this, and then it has like the funny games title. <laughs> Uh, where or like the cabin in the woods, which riffed on funny games, where it's like a uh, sudden giant uh, title card played with like the loudest music sting that it could come up with, but it, there's no build up. It's just like Republic Pictures, Dex, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just a house. Like it was, yeah. There's, it was, there's they no were going co- big, and that was that is that is exemplative of the movie. The movie is just like. You get in there, you get your ticks, you get out. What is this movie like? It's sub ninety minutes, isn't it? Like seventy six minutes or something? What is no, it? No, it's like it. It goes to like one. It's one thirty three. It, it it does. Yeah. No. It's uh. It's it's uh, ninety minutes. Wow. It goes so quick because this movie's got a lot of places to go. And again, I think it's because there's no build up. Like there's just giant. The opening scene is Clint Howard in his weird like pot barn. Um, and he just has these giant egg sacks that are going to hatch giant ticks, um, that are like falling on the ground and there's like no buildup. Like when they get to the camp, it's like, oh, Hey, you got a giant tick on your back. <laughs> uh, like you're in a fucking Futurama gag. Uh, there's just no buildup to the ticks. So even though they keep coming up with crazier and crazier scenarios up until like a tick literally bursts out of a human being's like entire body not just a part of his body it just feels like it just goes so quickly and i do have to ask did molly watch this with you and if so 
Did you remember to go to does the dog get eaten by a giant tick.com? Uh, she absolutely did not. And as soon as I saw that dog, I was like, that dog is dead. That, I would the say, dog do you think, do you think grossest dog death? Here's the other thing. I mean, outside of the thing, maybe. Yeah, this feels even grosser because then like they bring it to the doctor and the dog still has a descended stomach and has two giant like almost fist sized holes in his stomach. And the doctor's like, well, that doesn't look like a snake bite to me. It's like, (laughs) yeah, no, it doesn't look like a snake bite. And if it is a snake bite, you also need to evacuate whatever this is. You got to get out of here. Uh, yeah, whatever this is, uh, burn the entire forest. This is the only movie where burning a forest down in California seems like the wise move. Um, so, Peter, you'd never seen this before. I had pushed for it. We've talked a lot about it. Like, did you like it? Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Great. And yeah, it was, discussion. It, was a, it was a fun experience uh, watching it. It was not a um, – there was almost no downtime. It's just ridiculous shit, some really good, uh, really good special effects work. And, uh, yeah, kind of lovely, kind of like a lovely sense of bat shittery. That, yeah. Like, yeah, it's small, but by the end, like, there is a man-sized tick that bursts out of uh, An- uh, Alfonso Ribeiro's skull and then wreaks havoc. And then they have to, like, do serious work to murder that thing. I texted you after the movie was over that I said that I think this is the grossest grossest movie ever made. And I I think I stand by that. Um, It's not the goriest. It definitely doesn't have the most gross out effects. But like every effect is so well done. And every effect is fucking just again. I, I feel like we're saying it over and over. But it's just gross. Like it's not it's not like gross in a way of like. Oh, shit, he got his arm cut off or something. Look at all the blood and the bone. It's like that, but then the added thing of, like, the the most disturbing creature on Earth is burrowing into <laughs> this human being. And then his leg gets fucking shot off at close range while a tick then bursts out. Like, it is just fucking, like, I can't, I can't think of, like, I don't know if this movie actually gets under my skin in any capacity, but, like, on the whole... That was not a pun, but I'm going to take the win. Um, <laughs> uh, on the whole, I just can't think of a movie that like conceptually and visually grosses me out this much. Um, it's not the grossest movie I've seen, but I was surprised at how gross it was. It is. What's the it grossest is, movie? Maybe I could be. Maybe I'm just not thinking of anything. I don't What's know. It? I don't know. I feel like very few, people talk about like watching movies and wanting to throw up. One of that almost never happens. But, yeah. Like, the idea, the entire last act of society <laughs> makes me pretty close to, to huh. feeling queasy, like stomach churny. Uh, well, this has a connection because one of the producers was the director of society. Yeah. Yeah. The Yuz. The Yuz. Yeah. The Yuz, because. Uh, yeah. He's just a producer. He did not come up with the idea of ticks, but bigger. Yeah. That was. Uh, that was it's that all was Doug Bradley. That was Doug Bradley. Um, yeah, I, I are you doing like his what normal is speaking movie voice? Is he English? Well, sorry, what is he English? Are you doing his normal speaking voice? Yeah, I think he's British, but everyone knows him as Hellraiser. He doesn't speak in a British accent, Hellraiser. Yeah, he but does. This is, yeah, this is a in Hellraiser. He speaks in, I don't know, I think he speaks uh, in a slugfest voice, like I was yeah, he doing. Speaks, yeah, he speaks in a slugfest voice, but here's the deal 
I know he has a British accent, and it makes it funnier to picture Doug Bradley sitting around a pinhead mask, but speaking with, like, a British accent. So Cannibal Holocaust, I'm, I'm doing, I found a list of the 11th grossest movies of all time. Cannibal Holocaust is really gross. I don't, I don't think it's as gross as this. Uh, if Evil, Evil Dead, the 2013 remake is on this list. No. No, that's not the kind of gross that like disturbs yeah, me. Yeah, like yucky. I'm thinking like yucky. Like yeah, feel yeah. slimy and buggy and weird. Yeah. Like it, it, you feel like sticky when the movie's over. Like that's what I'm thinking. Not like what's the most violent movie ever. I'm thinking yeah, like. Yeah, Dead Alive doesn't do it. Martyrs. Yeah, Zombie 2. Snowtown, which I've never seen. I, uh, City of the Living Dead is pretty gross. Yeah. There's an entire scene where... Uh, living bugs are fired out of a fan at people and it lasts like a minute or two yeah i I love that movie i just i don't know it's just if the bugs were i guess bugs barrowing inside you is really gross to me yeah that's pretty gross uh the mummy has the mummy has a similar thing with the scarab beetles the scarab beetles go under your skin and crawl around and then i think they like munch your brains or some shit there's that scene from uh, uh uh creep show which is pretty gross. Oh, real buggy. The end yeah. of the, the for not for what it's worth. It's like a yeah. It's the something to not something to tide you over. That's the one with the tides. Um, it's the bug one. <laughs> it's not the raft. No raft in that one. Um, yeah, exactly. We know what we're talking about the one with the the angry old piece of shit dude who's just who like lives in, in the hermetically world. sealed environment. Who's like bugs. How did bugs get in here? Oh, and he ends up eating them and shit. That's really gross. Yeah, that's, that's pretty gross. That, but that's that, a, but that's like gross for that like, made my skin crawl. They all pop out of him, but like that's the climax. This is all that, and it's ticks, which are inherently grosser because of their weird slimy sacks. Like I don't know. Although it seems like the internet's consensus is that Kuso is the grossest movie of all time, which I never saw. It was on my Amazon watch list for a while. Do you know the one from like a couple years ago? The oh, Kuso, yes, yes. It was by uh, Flying Lotus. Yeah. Did you see it? No. Well, apparently it's the grossest movie of all time. Uh, yeah, I remember people saying like, hey, you know whether or not you want to see this. <laughs> Greasy Strangler is pretty gross. That makes you feel slimy when it's over. That does. That makes you feel slimy. I guess like I'm kind of thinking of there is like a there's like a sh- if there's too much like poop and vomit in a movie that has a level of grossness that um which i guess kuso does so i i would say this is the grossest movie of all time for amount duration of gross effects in that like it is the effect of this movie there is not other things that happen besides giant ticks and burrowing into people and bursting out of them uh and to not feature any sort of like excrement or or bodily fluids so that's i think it might be just for like a like a like a just a mm, that's so disgusting you got a tick thing you got i got a tick thing but i do think this is fucking gross it is a gross movie and the scene where the scene where carlton get tor- gets torn in half is disgusting. disgusting speaking of fresh prince alums you know what movie is really gross and no one gives credit to it men in black yeah that's got some good blowy up gross slimy creatures yeah all the roach shit in that movie is so gross Oh yeah, and Vincent D'Onofrio being all like, "Hello, yeah, I'm a buck man. Yeah, I'm a buck man. Like his fucking skin is falling off his face. That guy is gross. Every shot in the movie, you can like see the bugs inside him. Basically, bugs are gross. 
Bugs are gross. Not a fan, but they have to be a very specific kind of bug to like really make your skin crawl. I feel like what's everyone a sc- has, what's everyone a scary has a bug favorite. for you? Scariest one. What's the one that bothers you? What's the one like I don't want to see that? Uh, I I got a thing with centipedes. Really, like centipedes. To, How often like do you run the, into them? Uh, semi often. Semi often. Are they a lot in San Diego? Uh, I just feel like, uh, probably more here than in, because of the weather, probably more here than in Chicago, but, like, I, I, I feel like I see house centipedes a lot. Those are the ones with the really, like, they're shorter, but they're really long legs. Like, spider yeah. lengths, but they're flatter. Yeah, and, yeah. Those, those are guys weird. are Those guys are fucking gross. So gross. Anyways, ticks. Uh, it is, I really hope, one of the, one of the, I think, the big problems with us doing the show this way <laughs> that we're recording in April and releasing in September. Uh, if by September, Tix is not on Amazon, you're just going to have to take our word for it because there's no other way to really watch this. Although I guess I never looked for YouTube. Could be YouTube. Could be your on your tube. So I have a couple other just quick moments so we can wrap this this slugfest up. We'll pack away these voices, put them in a box, and they scare children when they open them. <laughs> Because it's just going to be a long, sustained scream of, oh, thank you for letting me out of the box, child. <laughs> box child? That's a terrifying concept. Thank you for letting me out of the box, comma, child. <laughs> box, comma, child. <laughs> I'm not the box child. I'm speaking to the person who has removed me from my uh, cardboardy grave. <laughs> and I will rise from my cardboardy ashes. To talk about to hurt books. Peter's throat again. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna make Aaron go. Oh, too bad he had a lot of meetings the next day because it was a poor scheduling on his part. <laughs> you are gonna be so sad when I can't hit those high notes on the West Side Story episode. What high notes? They haven't. I'm 30 minutes in the movie. No one's sung. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know why we're talking about this because it came out a few months ago. Uh, I, I am, I am enjoying it. Well, I'm in, I can't wait for us to go back five months and see how you liked it. But thank you, Aaron, for making me watch Ticks, and it definitely. Ticks. Wait, hold on. Uh, I'm trying to see if I have any other notes. Oh, there's a part where they go to the lake, and there's a sheriff's car covered up, and I I figured out later, like, cause they find the dead sheriff body in the lake, and the the sheriff's car is like covered up with plants. And I later realized, because they did not set up these characters yet, that those were the crazy rednecks with the guns. But for a, a few minutes, I'm like, did the ticks kill the sheriff and then cover up the car? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, t- the ticks were motivated to cover up the evidence. <laughs> like They're like, look, the sheriff might be on to us. Let's drown him in the lake and cover his car. And then after that, one's like, hey, Gerald, why didn't we just burrow right in and burst? And they're like, all right, team meeting. From now on, we burrow, we burst. Okay? Burrow and burst. It's Gerald way too much Tickman. effort. We, you, know how, you know how many ticks it takes to move a car and drown a cop? Like, way too much effort. Burrow, burst, burrow, burst. Everyone say it with me. Burrow burst. It's ABV. Always be bursting. <laughs> First prize. First prize, Clint Howard's body. <laughs> Second prize, this old sheriff's body. You also drown in the lake. Third prize, you get swallowed by force fire. Yeah. Uh, um, I recommend Clint Howard. 
I uh, I don't have any other notes. I think I feel like I feel like this episode can just be like the recap. So here's all the crazy things that happened in this movie. Anyways, good night from We Love to Watch. Good night. Um. So, so yeah, great movie. If it's on Amazon Prime, watch it. Yeah, I would recommend people watch it. It's gross and fun. It's always fun when we get to introduce these kind of weird movies that only one of us remembers um, or was aware of back into the world of our podcast listeners. So be free, ticks. Go wander amongst. Always be bursting. And, and keep views. on keeping on sucking that blood, baby. Keep on. Yes. Uh, so next week, who knows? It's grab bag month. This will come out and then there'll be other episodes. Could be episodes of another podcast that we do. Could be, yeah, probably some more Star Trek. Listen for uh, that. Probably some more Trek. We'll be by then. We'll be pretty far along in the series. Yeah, we'll be we'll be trekking right along. Trekking uh, we... right along. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll Seeing definitely be guys with weird foreheads. Is that a big Klingon? Oh no, he killed my son. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, spoilers uh, yeah. for Star Trek Three. Um, anyways, yeah, so this has been uh, a quick emergency uh, Slugfest episode. You can now return to your regularly scheduled non-Slugfest-related contact, but why would you? Well, because they're out of Slugfest. Well, go back and listen to the other Slugfest episodes. <laughs> There's always more Slugfest, assuming you don't have long-term memory. Why are you, why are you still here when you could be Slugfested? Yeah, A, always B, Did- B... Uh, slogan. Hey, Peter. Yeah. Do the. I mean, it's the end of the episode. Like, fucking do the voice one more time. <laughs> As we uh, say goodnight to you, I want to talk to you in my most soothing voice. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's soothing for you because it's doing some serious damage. Yeah, I'm all tore up down there. And I mean, my throat. So remember, uh, listen to our next episode, and also remember about the Hulkamania sex tape. <laughs> Good night from one tick to another. Keep on ticking the free world. Your ticks, your ticks is on my list. <laughs> my ticks, my ticks, my lovely lady ticks. <laughs> well, this needs to end. Good night. Good night. <laughs> From beneath my bed, they gather round the campfire and start singing the songs in my head, but with the wrong words. By the light of the fire, their faces all begin to crumble, and they fall to their knees. Thank you so much for listening to We Love to Watch. 
If you made it to the end, hopefully you liked what you heard today. And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward. Uh, it wasn't an implicit threat by Peter. He just didn't know how to say it. But either way, we'll continue to make more. But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going, which is all on server space. Uh, <laughs> if you can't, <laughs> uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand. And you want to support the show, we truly absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on iTunes. I know every podcast says it, and it's because it really does help, and so every podcast wants that help. So please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically, they hopefully want to tune in and listen. And thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years. Uh, We really do appreciate you. Uh, With kisses and smooches, Peter and Aaron. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>